The French Revolution will not be televised. It'll also be told badly. Well, wow, way to give the game away. <laughs> that wasn't even where I was going with the joke. Where I was going with the joke was actually it will be when it comes to Apple TV Plus after its theatrical run. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too, for sure. <laughs> and now you've gone ahead and <laughs> just told I, them right I, off the bat what we think about Napoleon. I mean, we can cut it out at post. <laughs> no, it's funnier if I leave it in. <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. Je suis Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And je suis Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And, uh, that's most of the French that I know. <laughs> yeah, same, honestly. <laughs> Didn't you go to France? I did go to France. That doesn't mean I had to learn French. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I know that. I know Merd. And I think that's it. <laughs> or at least that's all I can bring up right now. Let's see. There's Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir. There's C'est la vie. There's, There's Omelette du fromage. <laughs> Omelette du fromage! How can I forget? <laughs> Omelette du fromage. Just another example of us <laughs> showing how old we are, by the way. <laughs> uh, don't remind me. <laughs> Why would you put that evil on me? I'm going to go grab this Coca-Cola out of this side fridge real quick. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a real professional podcaster, huh? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh dear, it's spilling over. Oh no. Mm. Oh no. Oh no. That's not good. Oh, oh shit, are you okay? <laughs> uh, I'll be right back, actually. Alright. This plan has backfired on me tremendously. We're gonna keep recording, though. <laughs> Will we get DMCA'd if I do the Jeopardy jingle? I mean, you do you. Do, 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 do. This is horrible. Alright, that's gonna make for some really fun technical difficulties later. I can't believe that happened. Wow. Oh, f I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> well, now I gotta, I gotta remove that. I mean, I feel like you might have to remove Murd, potentially, too. Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Possibly. <laughs> Alright, I got some comics news, believe it or not. Oh, boy. What do we got? It's mostly just so I can deliver a scathing indictment over their business model. Okay. Because Marvel editor Tom Brevort has confirmed that Avengers Inc., written by Al Ewing, We'll be ending with issue 5, due to low sales. I also want to point out, issue 3 just released this week. So the other, the, issue 4 hasn't even come out yet then. Yeah. So, how do you, that's, do you have a magic... Low physical sales of the first three issues is what they're going off of. Okay, I feel like that physical sales for comics don't mean anything at this point. Well, not just that, it's a case of... So many people wait for them to be collected in a trade before they decide to pick something up. So if you're making a decision based on how the first few issues sell, mm -hmm. what happens if it becomes a big success in the trades? Yeah. Oh, the author's already, or the writer's already moved on to something else. We're not getting more of it. Tough. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. I feel like, the only reason I said what I said before is because I don't know how comics handles, like, distribution at this point, but I feel like, like, with most things print, a lot of comic distribution is digital, so it's like... Saying it's because of a low physical print runs kind of sounds like a cop-out. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, especially because Al Ewing in particular 
is a real good master of the slow burn. Mm-hmm. So it takes time for things to get rolling and find their footing. Yeah, you got you got to let him cook. Which also means if you're dependent on early reviews to get people to go read stuff, it's like, well, the early reviews aren't going to tell people anything because it hasn't all come together yet. Yeah, it's it's still cooking. <laughs> this is the problem with single monthly issues. This is why this industry is hemorrhaging itself. Mm. <laughs> I can't, I can't even with this. No, that's fair. What do you have to do? Who do you have to be to actually get a good run in this town? I'll tell you who you gotta be. You gotta be Spider-Man or Batman. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man like... is some of the worst soap opera NTR nonsense I've ever seen. <laughs> Currently. As I say, it's like, what, is the NTR the new way that they're trying to keep Peter Parker miserable? Yes! Wait, is there actually NTR going on in Spider-Man? No, okay, I'm exaggerating. I, I was going to say, like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't get away with that anyway. The comics are supposed to be for all ages, for the most part. Uh... Anyway, you know, I, I spent enough time complaining about Spider-Man. We're moving on, and I really don't want to, because this next bit is... <sighs> something I don't want to tackle, but it's in our sphere enough that I feel like I should. Okay. And I also want to stress, I contemplated tackling this a number of ways, one of which was just reporting the thing that has happened and then moving on, but that's not historically what we do here. Mm -hmm. We we send our piping hot, or in most cases, lukewarm takes <laughs> on things as they come through and onto our prompter. Our prompter being me. Right. <laughs> so, that being said... Melissa Barrera has been dropped from Scream 7. She was playing Sam Carpenter, one of the new main characters for the last two movies. Mm -hmm. And the reason she has been dropped is because she was making a number of posts on social media about the Israel-Hamas conflict, and more specifically, very heavily criticizing the mass murder of civilians in Palestine. And they let her go for that. Yeah, so, which... <sighs> Man, it's one of those things. So, I mean, the the long and short of it is that, generally speaking, no, it is. It doesn't matter like what the context is or anything like that. No, civilians getting killed who have no like involvement with anything going on is not cool. One hundred percent not cool. Yeah. And here's the even dumber part. Here's what they said. Mm -hmm. Spy uh, Spyglass, the media company behind Scream. Also, they released Thanksgiving, so I feel much worse about having suggested to go see that movie in the wake of this. Fair. They, they, they remarked, Spyglass's stance is unequivocally clear. We have zero tolerance for anti-Semitism or the incitement of hate in any form, including false references to genocide, ethnic cleansing, Holocaust distortion, or anything that flagrantly crosses the line into hate speech. Uh, All of her posts are still there? None of them are that! Yeah. Granted, I haven't read her posts, I will fully admit that, but from what I've gathered on them, it's like, no, it sounds like, at least from, from what I understand, it sounds like she's just saying no. Killing innocent civilians is bad. Th there are posts where she refers to it as a genocide, but that's not an incorrect statement. No, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's also not a false a false statement. It is a proven fact at this point that innocent civilians are unfortunately being killed in this conflict. En masse! Yeah, and it's like, no, it's not It's not anti-Semitic to point that out either. It, it's, it's literally a matter of fact. So to yeah. Be, so to be let go over that is completely ridiculous. That is fucked up to the nth degree, frankly. Yeah. 
I might not even bleep that, depending on how far in this is. Nine minutes. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but how much do I have to cut for the Coca-Cola fiasco? <laughs> That's fair. I'll, I'll, once again, I will let you do that in post. <laughs> yeah, no. So, anyways, this, this is just generally not on. This is the opposite of on. This is so far off. This is This very... is... Yeah. I'm officially... I was already not a huge fan of the Scream movies, and this just made it real easy to not ever feel like I need to watch Scream 7. Mm-hmm. Especially because Jenna Ortega has also departed the project. Although, from what I re- remember, officially she says it's because it, the shooting of the uh, Scream 7 is going to con- conflict with her shooting of um, Wednesday. Correct. That is the stated goal, and I don't mean to put on a tinfoil hat and go conspiracy theory, and actually this is what I think happens. But actually this is what I think happens. <laughs> because, allegedly, mm-hmm. it was already known well in advance that she wasn't coming back because of scheduling conflicts. Oh, really? Yeah, which, awfully suspicious that this was known for a while, and yet happened to drop immediately after they let go of the other lead actress for bullshit reasons. <laughs> Almost like they need to cover something up. Who, the, uh, Skydance or, or Ortega? Spyglass. Oh, Spyglass, okay. The way I see it, one of two things is happening here. Mm-hmm. The less sinister option is they did in fact know that this was going to happen and they were looking for a tasteful way to announce it and now they just want to use it to distract from the Melissa Barrera situation. (sighs) Or, alternatively, Ortega left because they kicked Barrera and now they're just trying to save face. Wait, was it it Spyglass who announced this or was it Ortega who announced this? I do not remember. Okay, because I could have... I don't know, some of the reports I saw about this said that it was Ortega's, like, side who announced it, which... If that's the case, I kind of figured that that was a thing where Jenna Ortega was just like, alright, peace. <laughs> I'm getting far away from this, and I'm going to use the most like PR-friendly way to do it. <laughs> yeah. which I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Just Well, which, if that is the case, then that's a smart play. <laughs> it's smart. I respect it a little less, though. That's fair. I understand, though. Mm-hmm. That being said... It has also been reported that Scream 7 is now looking at a full creative reboot, and on Spyglass's wish list, they want to get Neve Campbell and Patrick Dempsey back. Oh boy, it, I, hmm. Well, I mean, Patrick Dempsey does have a connection through the Halloween movie and all that. Well, he was also in Scream 3. Okay, I never saw Scream 3. That's not <laughs> the worst Scream. I actually don't remember. They all kind of blend together after a bit. So literally me with the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to remember now, and I... Yeah, it'd be like me saying, like, oh yeah, Fast and Furious 4, I think that's the one where a truck blows up. Truck blows up in, like, pretty much every one of the movies. <laughs> I think Neve Campbell and Patrick Dempsey's character are married now in the Scream movies. Oh, is that right? I don't remember, though. Mm. Which would be a real easy way to get them both back, but I really hope they say no. I want to see Spyglass work around nobody coming back. What do you do then? (laughs) James, how many, like, AI actors do we have? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, but all in all, yeah, it's real easy for me to say I'm not watching Scream 7 anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Barring a backpedal and an actual apology. Right. Because, no, 
pointing out that the mass murder of civilians is not on and is fucking gross and is a fucking genocide. Not a false equivalence. No, no, not even a little bit. And I really, I apologize, and if you're still sticking with the with with this particular episode, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I swear to God, I really didn't get into this show to do these kind of takes, but it's the case of I would feel really bad watching this unfold and watching this actress get canned from this franchise for sticking up for something and just glossing over it and not also saying that I agree and I think it's fucked up. Yeah, the same. Especially because, who the fuck's gonna fire me from YouTube? Nobody, that's who. I'm my own boss for this channel. What am I gonna do? You're out of line. You're out of line. All right, your channel's gone. It's like, oh, shoot. There's ways to around that. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Mm. I mean, I care a little, but... <laughs> yeah, no, understandable. Uh, I'm gonna move on now. I've gone on this enough. Right, right. You like Naruto? I almost want to say no. <laughs> it's fine, because I don't. Fair. Uh, it's one of those, it's one of those weird ones where it's like, I don't think I like it, but I'm always interested to see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it even more painful for me to say, and I had no idea, apparently Lionsgate has had a live-action adaptation in the works for years. Is it going to Netflix? <laughs> I presume not. They're, it's Lionsgate. They're the ones who make the John Wick movies. So I presume they wouldn't just slap it on Netflix. You know, I still do not like the idea that of all at all, but if it's done by the people who actually did John Wick, I can see it working. I don't think it would be good, but I could see it working. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get them. And Unfortunately. The project's still very early stages. Case in point, the only reason we're talking about it right now is that they've attached a writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Her name's Tasha Huo, and she's also developed scripts for Red Sonja and an animated version of Tomb Raider. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, they're, they're in the works. This news came to us from a variety list of writers to look for in 2020. Writers to watch for 2023 is the how the list is put. Oh, that's neat, because 2023 is almost over, so we're watching them one month before 2023 is over. <laughs> I assume it's based on stuff that they did within the year. Okay, fair. Case in point, Megan McDonald's on here for the Marvels. Mm. Justin Kritzky's is on here for Challengers. Okay. Anyways, the point is live-action Naruto. <laughs> I... I don't think... I don't think it's possible to do an adequate live-action live Naruto movie that is respectful of its time. And like, not just it, that, what do you even, what do you even do? Do you do, like, the first arc? Do you go through the village hidden in the mist? Yeah, I, I was like, even if and you- And then just stop? I mean, even if you do the first arc, if you want to do it, like, relative justice, that's still probably a three-hour fucking movie. <laughs> Frankly, you could probably make a full feature-length movie out of the bell test. Yeah. Oh god, what if they decide to make a movie out of one of the filler arcs? Oh, no! I could see that, actually. That I... actually filled me with more fear than you could possibly imagine. No, but the thing is, is that because the a lot of the filler arcs aren't her... As I understand it, they're not completely intrinsic to what happens in Naruto, even though they're all canon. That would probably actually be a good thing to make a movie based on. And not like Mom, of... come pick me up, I'm scared. Yeah, and not like one of the main event things that happens in the series. Either way, does not... just the idea of that does not sound enticing. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Mm. 
Anyways, live action Naruto. Dread it, run from it. Ninjutsu arrives all the same, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Let's go to Star Wars. Oh boy. <laughs> Always a fun time. Mm. Dave Filoni has been named Chief Creative Officer of Lucasfilm. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. I mean, he's done good stuff. I still have not finished Clone Wars or Rebels and haven't even started Ahsoka. And that's not because <laughs> I don't like Clone Wars. It's just... What is it? Six seasons of television? Technically seven, if you include the Bad Batch. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I haven't even caught up with all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's right, he did do that. No, I just mean, that's a long-running series that I actually liked. Fair. Oh. And I'm still not caught up with it. Oh, wait. He had nothing to do with that. Wait, hello, apparently. So Bad Batch actually just recently got confirmed for a third and final season. And oh, dear. there's so ten seasons altogether. <laughs> oh. And that's not even counting rebels, is it? No, it's not. Oh no. Yeah. I mean I watched in fairness, I kind of cheated because I spent like the better part of a couple years watching a lot of random clips of the Clone Wars, so I kind of know what happened overall. And then I also watched the last season all the way through, so that's one way to experience it. <laughs> okay. It's not a good way, but it is a way. It is it is not a. It is not the way, but it is a way. Ah! And I feel like this is an appropriate joke, considering this man was also in charge of the Mandalorian. He directed some episodes, I think. I don't know if he was in charge of it. Oh, fair. I don't think he was in charge of it. Fair enough. Also, I I did not realize that this dude is pretty much always seen with a cowboy hat. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> Still, good for him. He he seems like a good pick. A guy who's genuinely into Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And I, I can't wait to watch the fan base proceed to blame every misstep he makes on Kathleen Kennedy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As is tradition. Yeah, it's, there's three things that are confirmed in life. Death, taxes, and Star Wars nerds blaming the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> Including us. Including us. <laughs> Let's be and real. I barely qualify. <laughs> I have seen all 11 movies, and I like maybe four of them. <laughs> I like more than four of them, but I also... You know what, maybe five? Let's see. Mm. I like four, I like five, I like three, I liked... I like seven, and I like Rogue One and Solo. Okay, that's six. So, I need to rewatch the original trilogy, but I remember liking one, three, Solo, Rogue One... Seven and nine, and I only mm. and the only reason, and I know I've talked about it before on this show, but the only reason I liked nine was just because it crushed my hopes and dreams in the first thirty seconds. <laughs> I guess to be fair, I don't, I don't dislike the Last Jedi. I just hate that nine dropped the ball on running with it, which is amazing considering it's like, all right, the ball's already kind of low, but holy hell. <laughs> Eight, 8 had potentially one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars, and I feel so fucking stupid. The Ray, the Ray's parents are nobody twist. I spent... I was talking that shit up. Oh, I was no, like, because it's great. I was like, that's how you do a Darth Vader twist for this meta-ass generation. You take one of the biggest driving questions of this new trilogy, and not only do you not give an answer, you say that the question itself 
fundamentally does not matter. And in this fandom culture obsessed with connecting dots and doing breakdowns and knowing every little thing about what happens before it happens, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And then episode 9 comes around and is like, ah, fuck it, she's a Palpatine! Which raises the ever-burning question of who the fuck had sex with Palpatine? <laughs> I, think his, I think his son was a clone or something. I don't fucking remember. I... I, it's okay. <laughs> the path to the dark. How did you survive? The path to the dark side is full of abilities. That no, actually, <laughs> fucking how? Yeah. Give me a chart. <laughs> I need a Venn diagram. Give me once again the scene from Always Sunny, where it's just like, oh, how I uh, fine if you care. It's like a similar thing that I guess how the Fates franchise works. It's just how the Palpatine survive. Ah. <laughs> uh. Alright, strap in for this next bit. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to filter this down. <laughs> That's encouraging. This is a trust. Mm. I'm trying to figure out how to pull the highlights out of this. Okay. The long and short of it is, a filmmaker named Carl Eric Rinch was uh, working on a sci-fi series. No. <laughs> Sorry. That would be simple. <laughs> That would be a that lot would more. That would be goddamn simple. <laughs> it'd be terrible. It would be, be terrible. It would be awful, but it'd be a lot more simple than whatever we're about to get into. <laughs> I wouldn't be laughing nearly as much. <laughs> uh, he he was working on a sci-fi show that Netflix had acquired, mm. and uh, so <clears throat> let me jump down to the to the part that is are, actually really fucking crazy. Are there cliff notes? <laughs> Not really. This is reported on by the New York Times, by the way. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, in March 2020, as of March 2020, Netflix had already spent $44.3 million on his series, which they had named Conquest. Okay. By that point, Rich had already missed several production milestones and was toggling between two versions of the script, a shorter one that matched the 13-episode plan, and one twice as long that would have required greenlighting a second season. Mm. In March of 2020, he then asked for more money. <laughs> it's like, look, I know I haven't turned in my work on time, and I know I've like missed the date for extra credit, but can I get like another pushback on my due date, and also some and then, more money? <laughs> and then they sent him $11 million. Oh my god. <laughs> because he claimed the whole production risk collapsing without an immediate cash injection, per the New York Times article. Mm. He then proceeded to take $10.5 million of that $11 million, and invest in the stock market. <laughs> he did! Wait, come on! <laughs> God damn it! I love it! it. You, were, you were joking! But it actually he, happened! <laughs> he, did he really invest in the stock market? He, he transferred it to his own personal brokerage account no. and placed a bunch of bets. <laughs> no! And lost $5.9 million in a few weeks. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Oh, Jesus, that's horrible. I can't horrible. believe that. <laughs> that's genuinely bad. <laughs> oh, and it, it gets even weirder. Oh, does it now? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, Jesus. You are right? <laughs> no. Okay. On March 18th, 2021... Mr. Rinch was informed by email that Netflix had decided to stop funding Conquest. He was free to shop elsewhere, but any acquirer would have to reimburse Netflix for what it had spent. Mm. He then accused Netflix of breaching his contract. No. Despite the fact that, apparently, it gets worse. This whole stock <laughs> thing gets worse. 
<laughs> okay. Someone, I'm, wait, I want to make a guess. I want to make a guess. Turns out, oh my God. <laughs> turns out someone in Netflix invested in his stock, and then it was like, also, I need my money back for that, too. No. Okay, thank Christ. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to take it. <laughs> no, actually, he transferred more than $4 million of what was left of mm. the $11 million he'd gotten. Okay. And the, the you know, five point nine that he'd lost. So he took more than four million and invested it in cryptocurrency. Oh, what the fuck? Who gives a fuck about crypto now? <laughs> well, he liquidated it for a balance of nearly twenty-seven million. Oh, Jesus Christ! Okay, you know what? I take it back. Good. Uh, yeah. Well, granted, it was probably luck, but still. <laughs> yeah. So now he and Netflix are in arbitration. Hmm. Uh, I believe it's still being kept private. Okay. Okay. That's no fun. But, but in whatever. filings reviewed by the Times, Rinch argued the money was contractually his, and Netflix still owed him several more payments, totaling more than fourteen million. Which, if if this is all true, <laughs> bold words for a man to take eleven million dollars that they gave you to fucking make a show, invested in fucking stocks and crypto instead, and then turn around and go, they still owe me more money. <laughs> What the fuck is this? Oh my god. That's weird. What, what is even happening? That's a half-frozen Coke can spilling over. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but the thing is that half-frozen soda is actually good, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Mm. <laughs> I mean, in a way, so is this. <laughs> well, it's good. It's some juicy fucking shit. I mean, much like soda, it's good for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> And also bad for you. <laughs> and also very bad for your health. Oh, I can't fucking believe this. This mm. is fucking amazing. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So we'll see how this pans out. I'm going to assume badly is the answer. <laughs> almost certainly. Mm. You almost never hear about this kind of shit anymore. Yeah, I know. It's usually like just kept under wraps. It's like, like insider trading, mismanagement of... Hollywood funds, that's just a normal Tuesday for that, for this industry, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> or normal Monday, uh, more accurately, I suppose. <laughs> Alright, let's get into cape shit. Into cape shit? What? Superhero stuff. Oh, fun. Alright, what do we got? Well, uh, per deadline, mm -hmm. Nicholas Holt has been cast as Lex Luthor for Superman Legacy, so Renfield is gonna be Lex. Huh. You know... I don't know if I can see that. I think he can do it. I mean, I think acting ability, I'm pretty confident he can do it. I, I think it's more appearance for me. I mean, he, I don't think he'd look the worst bald. Uh, fair, I guess. Or maybe he starts off as Luther with hair. <laughs> uh, I mean, I Gene mean, Hackman was bald for, like, most of the entire thing. Uh, no, wait. Gene Hackman wasn't bald. Never, I got it mixed up. He was... <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, 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 he kept his hair, and he just put a, uh, he just put a, what's it called? A skull cap? A bald cap? Ah, right, right. Isn't that he what- just put that on for the one bit where he's supposed to be bald. Didn't Jesse Eisenberg do that, too? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> Alright. It's Batman v Superman, I don't give a fuck about that, other than that's over, and I never have to bother with it again. Hmm, fair. Anyways, I think Nicholas Hoke could pull up, and also- that's extra funny, because he was also apparently in the running to play Superman. Huh. 
Which got... I can also see, but... Yeah, yeah, I can see If that. that's not just the most Lex Luthor thing in the world, <laughs> I couldn't be Superman, so I'll be Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. You know what? With that as well, even though I don't necessarily want to promote the whole thing of AI art, I did kind of look it up a little bit, and there are some actually pretty convincing AI art depictions of Lex Luthor um, or as Nicholas Holt and Lex Luthor, and it's like, all right, if it's to that degree, I can see it being at least a little convincing. <laughs> oh, little funny anecdote while I'm thinking about Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the real point of friction was he had to shave his mustache for Superman the movie, and he was very reluctant to, and then director Richard Donner told him, okay, I'll shave my mustache if you shave yours. We'll do it in solidarity. Oh! So, Gene Hackman went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Donner comes out of the set and pulls off his fake mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he tricked him with a fake mustache. (laughs) That's, oh, that's, that's evil. (laughs) That's fucking brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant, but it's also kind of evil. I'm looking forward to Superman Legacy. Mm -hmm. We also have a Jimmy Olsen. Oh, really? Who's playing Jimmy? Skylar Gizondo? 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 He's Jared in Booksmart. Oh, okay. He's the one who hung out with Gigi, the the super crazy one. Yeah, I can see this dude being um <laughs> being Jimmy. <laughs> right? Honestly, I'm just glad to have Jimmy Olsen in a Superman production. You know, Especially assuming they don't shoot him in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah, please don't shoot Jimmy in the head. <laughs> please don't. I'll be very upset. Mm. Or if you must shoot him in the head, don't have it kill him. Right. <laughs> of lesser note, mm-hmm. Sarah Sampaio has been cast as Eve Tessmacher, so I was not expecting to see her in this movie, because she's kind of been phased out for Mercy Graves as of late. Who's Eve Temp... Te- what? <laughs> Tessmacher? Yes. Uh, I forget, did you see Superman the movie? Which one? The first one. <laughs> um, Why is that funny? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, in a weird-ass way, it's kind of a thing where my brain goes, it's like, I don't know what he means, but at the same time, that doesn't narrow it down. Um, How does it not narrow it? 1978! <laughs> I don't believe so. Or if I have... Well, we gotta fix that first and foremost. Or if I have, I've only seen bits and pieces of it and don't remember a lot of it. Second of all, she's Lex's henchwoman slash assistant slash attache. Okay. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. I meant it in a euphemistic sense. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyways, point is, I wasn't really expecting her because Mercy Graves has kind of taken her spot as, like, if Lex needs a henchwoman, it's usually Mercy Graves. Okay. And I think I think Miss Tessmacher was an original creation of the 1978 movie. Fair. Uh- so this just speaks even better to drawing from that a little more and bringing Superman back to that, which I'm cool with. Fair. Can I just say really quickly, I'm pretty sure that I have, I can only assume that Mercy Graves is a relatively older character, but can we please talk about how that is not the most antagonist-ass name ever? (laughs) I think she's relatively new by comic standards. Hold on a second. When did she first come? Did did she come from the comics first, or? No, she was made for Superman the Animated Series. Oh, really? 1996. Oh, oh, okay. Still has Yeah, the... that's not that old. That's almost third. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, we're older than she is. 
But I mean, by comic standards, that's not that old. Yeah, but it still is a thing of like, alright, in case it's not clear that she's probably a bad guy, just look at her fucking name. <laughs> I also think she was in Batman v Superman and then got blown the fuck up. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Yeah, okay, Miss Tessmacher was also from the movie originally. Hmm. So neither of them are comics original. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Last news update I got is a relatively minor one. Alrighty. And that's that Michael Waldron has been tapped to write Marvel Studios' Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Oh, so have they not had a writer this entire time? They had Jeff Loveness, but I guess they let him go. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh. And it's interesting because Waldron was already attached to write the follow-up, Avengers Secret Wars, so I guess they realized, hey, having the same writer on both probably will help make a more consistent movie. Yeah, let's, like, not do the thing that our big brother Star Wars did. <laughs> let's not mystery box it. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's actually plan this. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> Ideally. Now, it is interesting because I don't dislike Waldron's writing. Mm-hmm. Because he was one of the head writers, I think the head writer of season one of Loki, mm. and was also a writer on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, both of which I like. Right. But it's a little curious it didn't attach Eric Martin, who also had a big hand in rewriting a lot of stuff in Loki, and was also, I believe, head writer for Loki Season 2, the better one. Hmm. Okay. So that's interesting to me. Alrighty. In any case, as long as you still have Kang, I'm good. So. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be Jonathan Majors, let me make that perfectly clear. No, if he's in fact guilty of the abuse charges put before him, get him out of there. Yeah, exactly. It would just, it would be a hell of a thing if they try to drop the whole Kang thing. I don't think they can do that at this point to begin with. Right? Especially not when one of the movies is called the fucking Kang Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> Look a little weird if you veer away from that all of a sudden and then go, uh, Doom Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but you weren't talking about Doom. Oh, we are now! <laughs> Wait, guys, I got it. What if we go with Avengers the Namor Dynasty? Look at the Ten Huerta allegations. Ah, fuck! <laughs> Nothing's come of those, either. Yeah. I'm depressing myself again, and I rapidly feel the need to move on. Yeah, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep this gravy train rolling. <laughs> yeah, trailer time! Trailer time. It's trailer time! There's only one. It's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It finally got another trailer. Yes, and it... It is... God, I'm... So on one hand, I'm happy just because I have been seeing the same goddamn trailer in front of so many movies for, like, what, eight months, six months, something ridiculous like that? It hasn't been that long. The trailer came out not that long ago. It's, it's just, it's been fucking everywhere because they only have the one. I think because it's just been the one and it's because it's been in front of everything that feels like it's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it came out before the strikes happened, but I know that's not the case. It just feels like it. Right. What do you mean, two months ago? <laughs> no, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> that's what the DC YouTube channel says, two months ago. I completely refuse to believe that. You cannot be fucking serious. Are we goldfish? <laughs> Is that what happened? No. Did Aquaman make us forget? <laughs> well, I think in my case, it's not helped by the fact that it be, it's... Since I also watch a lot of YouTube on my Xbox, and you can't really get rid of ads on Xbox, I got I have a double whammy from both movies and YouTube. <laughs> Fucking crazy! But still, that is ridiculous. There's I refuse to believe it's on, that trailer's only been out for two months. Warner Bros. Pictures YouTube channel says the same thing. Oh, 
Okay, then. <laughs> I... I, I thought, need to lie down after this. I thought it was at least four. <laughs> no. Wow. Mm. This movie's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Aquaman's baby. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he took Junior. It's like, now why you gotta tell us that? <laughs> why you gotta give it away? <laughs> why you gotta give it away? Especially when uh, that's something Manta's famous for in the comics. What, is just stealing children? No, killing Aquaman's son. Oh. <laughs> uh... And now they're trying to make him an anti-hero. What, they're trying to make Manta an anti-hero? In the comics, yeah. Ew. Right? <laughs> yes. Man murdered a child, but nope. Let's, let's, this, this is a good guy. Kind of like good old Deathstroke, the, the febophile Terminator. Yeah, just kind of like. Febophile? I don't know how you pronounce it. Just like. Punisher murders everybody. <laughs> he fucked Terra is the point I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, really? Yeah, Deathstroke and Terra had a whole gross statutory thing. Uh, I'm going to assume... Good luck watching Teen Titans ever again! Oh, God. <laughs> and sorry, I'm, not sorry! And I'm going to assume it was one of those things where not only was it there and it was gross, it also very much overstated its welcome, didn't it? Um, I don't know about overstated its welcome, but it's definitely been a stain. Well, it, I mean, it wasn't welcome to begin with. <laughs> Especially because it feels like... A lot of the writers try to make Terra the bad guy in all of this. Like, oh, she she, she willingly sold all the Titans out and was just a rotten asshole. It's like, yeah, but Slade... Slade slept with a minor. That's not fucking... Yeah. I'm not saying that's, like... It, it's in not... supervillain terms, I'm not saying that that's worse. But it's but not But in cool. real world terms, that's but, much worse. That is significantly worse by the powers of reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Watch Slade have a laminated copy of the Romeo and Juliet laws in his wallet, like that one guy in Transformers 4. Mm. <laughs> what uh, was that? God almighty. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Aquaman. I, I like how most of what I've done is veered off into a general DC <laughs> rant. Instead of talking about this Aquaman movie, I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> it's... I mean, it does the usual thing of like, oh shit, we haven't had a trailer in forever. We haven't talked this one movie for hours. Like, uh, uh, make a new trailer, get people interested, but we're gonna give a lot away. Do it! <laughs> Overcompensate! It's like, do it, I'm right here! Come on, give me away now! <laughs> also, I don't know who the bad guy who's, who's cashing Mantis checks is, but <laughs> damn if he isn't the most World of Warcraft looking motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> Right. This guy's a fucking raid boss. Set me free. Alright, Lich King, you got it. Yeah, honestly, as soon as he showed up, I was just like, oh crap, they're doing this, aren't they? They're gonna do what I think they're about to do, aren't they? Just like, hey, it's like, we need people interested, so what we're gonna do, not give them a fucking reason to actually see this shit. <laughs> Alright, boys, we PS3 again now. <laughs> PS3 has no games. <laughs> you guys like Diablo? <laughs> I don't actually know what happens in Diablo. I'm just assuming this guy would fit right in. I, I feel like, even though it's probably not the correct thing, but I feel like the how-do-you-do-fellow-kids line just kind of fits in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. I like the bit with Aquaman talking with his kid. Oh, that was really cute, actually. 
It that was... was really cute. That baby's dead. <laughs> you know, it didn't occur to me afterwards, but then it's like, you know what? That was really cute and sweet and all that, but it, but God damn if that's not one of the most aggressive death flags I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that baby's got a onesie made entirely out of death flags. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> With all the reshoots this movie's gone through, it wouldn't surprise me in one bit if there's at least one cut where the baby dies, and then everybody got really upset, and they were like, uh, nothing controversial, get rid of it! And I was like, no, no, you, you can't do that, it's like, just try and fucking stop me. <laughs> Which Batman do we use? Doesn't matter, as long as there's no dead babies. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hmm. Anyways, um, I don't know. It really depends on what else is out that exact weekend. I mean, honestly, I'm probably going to go see it out of just the most morbid of curiosity. <laughs> see, I kind of want to do that, mm -hmm. but I'm also definitely afraid of it somehow actually making money. Uh, I, think, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to, regardless of what we do. Well, see, that's the thing, because, like, most of the DC, well, a lot of comic movies this year haven't. Oh, you know what? That's true, and it's this isn't just a DC problem anymore. Yeah, like, no. Marvel's been hit. F frankly, the best comic book, the, uh, the main one doing good, mm -hmm. is Guardians Three. Huh. And Ant Man doing well enough to make back its budget. Right. But still less than either of the two preceding ones. Otherwise, the Marvels isn't looking good. The Flash bombed. Blue Beetle blue bombed. <laughs> Shazam! Fury of the Gods ain't doing great. Mm. It's not a good year all around for them. Mm, fair. So I'm, but I, I'm definitely afraid that somehow this will make a billion dollars, and then all of a sudden James <laughs> Gunn's gonna keep Aquaman as, as as Momoa as Aquaman. I don't know. I could see them still keeping Momoa as Aqu Aquaman, regardless. No, make him Lobo. Lobo would be more fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, just. Recast the whole Justice League. You can't, you can't redo Batman and Superman and then keep Wonder Woman, the fastest criminal alive, and Aqua Broa. <laughs> Fair. I should have come up with something snippy for Gal Gadot too, because I'm also sick of seeing her. But mm. as Wonder Woman, I should specify. I mean, it's a. I don't know. It's you just god almighty it's not really to this at all but you just reminded me of a god-awful like quip that was made during the formula one race this past weekend oh no so to the surprise of absolutely major tangent to the surprise of absolutely no one max verstappen apps um won um the abu dhabi grand prix and the commentator made the because max verstappen has literally wrote the man literally has won all but three races this year wow yeah and then at the very end of the race, and it's like, and once again, he proves there is no verse stopping Max Verstappen. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah! Oh, I like that. I, I actually like that a lot. That actually hurt me, bro. <laughs> Ain't no verse stopping this ride. Uh, and there's also going to be a significant spike after that, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> no, it's fine. Let's talk box office. Alright, let's talk box office. <laughs> we did not see the highest grossing movie this weekend. Oh boy. Because it's still The Hunger Games. Really? Yeah. Okay. But that's not great for everything else on this list. Mm. $29 million domestic weekend. And this is three day when I say weekend. I'm not counting the 
long weekend because none of my sources are. Right. So $29 million domestic weekend, $98.6 million domestic total, $197.4 million worldwide against a $100 million budget. Okay. So that's probably turning a, a profit. Yeah, it's pro- it's it's absolutely probably going to start making a profit if it hasn't already. Second place is Napoleon, the movie we actually saw. Okay. $20.6 million domestic weekend, $32.7 million domestic total, $79 million worldwide total, against a $200 million production budget. Hmm. What can I say? Historical figure biopic fatigue, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's a good bit working against this movie, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah, the the joke I'm making is that nobody seems to be framing it as an abysmal failure. Yeah, wait, 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 seriously? (laughs) No, it's it's pretty neutral. I, okay. The reporting on it's pretty neutral. Uh, okay, sure. Hmm, yeah, right, interesting that. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I understand the appeal and seeing the giant bleed, but, like, come on, guys. Yeah. Third place was Wish. Okay. $19.6 million domestic weekend, $31.6 million domestic total, and $48.9 million worldwide, against a $200 million budget as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... That's not, not great. No, it is not. <laughs> not the slightest. It is. I still haven't seen it, because the only reason I wanted to see it was Chris Pine as the villain. Right. And I've had too much other stuff going on. Understandable. Fourth place was Trolls Band Together. $17.8 million domestic weekend, $64.7 million domestic total, and $146.1 million worldwide against a $95 million budget. So odds are it is probably going to get past this product or marketing budget, but even if it doesn't, it's not going to be that far off, so we're not looking at too big of a loss. Right. And the marketing budget could be smaller than production budget, so who knows. Right. And in fifth place, to my surprise, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> $7 million domestic weekend. I forgot to look up its domestic total. Apparently it's at $28.9 million worldwide. Let me double check that real quick. I got a wire cross somewhere. I was going to say, that's... I mean, Grin, I know it's probably not the most, like, overarchingly... $24 million domestic total. Oh, okay. And only a $15 million budget, so the odds are it's making some money back. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. I would have felt way better about that last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Mm. Let's talk about Napoleon. Let's. For whatever that's worth. Mm. I'm just going to say there's going to be spoilers right off the bat, because this is... It's a historical movie. Quote, unquote. Even though, yeah, as I say, even though a lot of historical stuff has gotten a, a good bit wrong. <laughs> An allegedly historical movie. Yes, a historical movie where people, just to kind of, I don't know if it's giving too much away, but I think this is funny. I thought it was funny after you, because after you told me about this, I looked at them and was just like, oh, the balls on this man. To kind of give you an idea of what we're working with here, a lot of people had problems with the historical accuracy of the movie, and when they questioned, this is Ridley Scott, right? Yeah. When they questioned Ridley Scott, he basically answered with, were you there? No? Then shut the hell up. And it's like, oh, we're in for a good time. (laughs) Yeah, he also said, when he said something about doing the research for it, he said, I left that to the poor bastard that wrote the screenplay. Oh. (laughs) Oh, um, no. No, 
that's not that's not a good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, not not the best movie, and in fact, this is kind of the movie that convinced me I've been going a little soft on everything this year. <laughs> I was already afraid of it. This kind of confirmed it. Mm. Because here I am, finally confronted with a movie where it's not terrible. As a movie, but... it's not terrible. I, yeah, I guess technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to jump the gun a little bit, it's also not a movie I can really recommend seeing. Because the problem is... Yeah, same. <laughs> it's too dramatized to feel like you're learning anything. But it's not dramatized enough to be entertaining, and it's too damn long to be neither of those things. There was a moment, I think we, we both had this at the same time, there was a moment where we're like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty good pacing, it feels like the second act just finished, and then I looked down at my watch and it's like, oh, we've only been here for 50 minutes, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's not even <laughs> an hour, what the fuck? <laughs> We both did that around the same time. Of just, and then we just, I think we just looked at each other like, oh shit. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're in for it now. And it's like, and this is, and for reference, this is a two hour, 45 minute movie. I think 2.38. Close enough. Not that that helps much. No, it's, it doesn't. That, let me tell you, that extra seven minutes they cut made all the difference in the world. Yeah. Otherwise, this movie would have been intolerable. <laughs> Holy fuck, this movie is drawn out and a significant slog. <laughs> And the things it focuses on are things that aren't portrayed well enough to be interesting. Because yeah. I, I feel like the bulk of it is Napoleon and Josephine's quote-unquote romance, but Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon is so devoid of charisma or force of personality, which I feel like is intentional. I'm not trying to blame yeah. him and say he's a bad actor. I think this is exactly the performance they were going for, but it's so singularly uninteresting that I don't care. Honestly, I would say in like with that awkwardness, it doesn't make the movie worth seeing. But to that degree, the best parts of the movie are honestly the interactions between Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon and Vanessa Kirby as Empress Josephine. But it's all in the little moments where you know that it's not working and it's not working because... What the fuck did she even see in him to begin with? I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah, no, a lot of it is just genuinely absurd. <laughs> the best parts are just the little awkward moments of him trying to be quote-unquote romantic and being fucking bad at it. Yeah. And just laughing awkwardly at it. But they're too short and there aren't enough of them to make this movie worth being two hours, 40 minutes long. Yeah, no. Oh god. It... <laughs> it's like... Man, I don't. I feel like there's no really place to like put this with with any kind of good context. So I'm just gonna go out and say it. This movie might actually be contender for the weirdest slash worst slash most terrifically awkward sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It's one of those things where it's like I don't seek movies out for this kind of stuff, but man, is it hard to like just kind of erase that from the brain after a little bit. <laughs> no, and that part. Like, that's the best part of the movie, just because, like, that's the point where it feels like the movie has a point. Hmm. Which is that Napoleon's kind of fucking pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> but it circles back around into making him so pathetic that you're genuinely questioning how the fuck he ever got as far as he did. And that's the most frustrating thing, too, talking the historical aspect, because it's like, now, I will fully give the asterisk of, I am not well-versed on the history of Napoleon, 
honestly, I do really, amongst a lot of other things, I do need to really go back and doing more research on the French Revolution and the era of Napoleon in France. But Napoleon, it's generally agreed upon that Napoleon was, in a very kind, extremely charismatic individual, and his charisma in particular is why he pretty much always had the backing of the soldiers that he used to command. There's no established spoiler section in this review, right? No, fuck that. Okay, so jumping ahead quite a bit towards the last act of the movie, which feels like it takes too goddamn long, Napoleon, who has been exiled, um, decides to come back to France against the terms of his exile. When word of this spreads, he is confronted, as he's going towards Paris, he's confronted by the 5th Army Regiment, which was a regiment that he used to have command over, and several of the soldiers who confront him are actually soldiers that used to be underneath him. So, when he comes across to them and confronts them about his um, his return to France, their orders, as far as I understand it, are to actually like stop him and, if necessary, kill him. They don't do that. In both the movie and in real life, they actually just go along with them. Apparently, the... The reality of it is even more badass, because not only did he, like, tell, say, it's like, if you want to kill me, I'm right here, he apparently ripped off his shirt, too, just so they had a clear shot at his heart and the rest of his body. Wow. And, yeah, and so it's like, that's pretty badass, but the thing is, is that with the movie, the people who are allies of Napoleon are automatically, like, drawn to him. But the movie does not do enough to give the audience a reason a reason to believe that. Because he's just an awkward little shit the entire time. So it's like, you just see all these soldiers being like, Yeah, Napoleon, the Emperor's back! I'm like, why do you like him? <laughs> it doesn't help that we never see any of his politics when he's Emperor. Yeah. You don't see him doing making any decisions that would endear him or ingratiate him to the people. Yeah. And also with that, as far as I understand as well, he was generally very liked by the general populace of France. So it's like, okay, so show some of that. This dude is genuinely interesting in a lot of different ways. From what I understand, he also created the Bank of France during his reign too. Huh. I don't know. It's I think going into this, I already kind of prepared myself because it's like, alright, we're talking about Napoleon Bonaparte. This dude's life is so crazy and full of so much nuttiness that there's no fucking way you're gonna do a good job of fitting it into any reasonably, like, um, time-length movie. Even if it's three hours. There's no way you can fit all of the interesting things and all the craziness that happened in his life into a good-sized movie. But instead, what they decided to do was make a three-hour movie and just skirt around a lot of the things that are interesting and leave you with this awkward little shit. <laughs> and you're just sitting there going, it's like, why do you people like this? Not helped by the ridiculous whiplash in the relationship between that's portrayed between him and Josephine. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Is this just chronological? Is this just if, if, if you took Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> and, and put him back in France and had him be Napoleon Bonaparte? I can see that. I... Oh, I don't want to think about this. I need to do a quick pause. I hear a banging noise in the house, and I need to go see what that's about. Yeah, alright. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. We can continue. Oh, good. So, oh god, what were we talking about? 
<laughs> I already forgot. Much like most of the movies. Much like, much like the majority of this movie. When he came back from exile, there are two things that are sticking in my head, and neither of them have anything to do with Napoleon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of which is when the guy shouting, Long live the Emperor, all I could think was, Long live Cusco! <laughs> And the other one was Napoleon coming back from his banishment just gives ma- major Invader Zim vibes of, you weren't on assignment, you were banished. Yeah, I quit that. You quit being banished. <laughs> oh god, what else is there to talk about here? I mean, I'm biased in saying this, but a lot of the actual like military battle scenes are genuinely pretty cool. Oh no, they're interesting for sure. Yeah. Those parts are good, except for the one at Waterloo. Which, for being the, you know, ultimate downfall of Napoleon and being the climactic end to his reign as some sort of military genius, even though Russia already dented that, (laughs) it's too fucking long, like many other things. Yes, I will give you that. And I have a really hard time telling the armies apart. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because, like, the way those scenes are shot, it's all very, it's very dark. There's a lot of blue, just overall. So there was a certain point where, for me personally, I'm just like, all right, the only way I can tell these armies apart is if I see what their flags are. And, yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> and sometimes that can be kind of hard to see. Like, mm. I know the Brits are the ones gathered up in the square shooting at cavalry, but mm. before that part, and once it kind of breaks apart after that, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> right. Let's see. I was really expecting that, and I this is probably on me, but... Since the film was already taking a lot of historical liberties, I was half expecting it to turn out he was the reason why they couldn't have a kid. <laughs> Especially because she already has kids. Yeah, I... Uh, what happened to them? Menopause? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, not what happened, to, what happened to her being able to have kids. I mean, what happened to the kids she already had? Oh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, they hmm. just fucking disappear. It might be one of those things where since they weren't, like, directly his children, they probably couldn't be considered royalty. If I had to guess, that might be what it is. But even still, the fact of the matter is like, no, it's been established you have children. And we see both of her children at pretty much the very beginning of the movie. And then we see one of her children at the very end. Do? Oh, yeah! Yeah, and it's like... when Yeah, she... the daughter! Yeah, and then when she shows up, I'm like, where the fuck have you been the whole time? <laughs> I was trying to remember who she was, and then I went, oh, right! Yeah. That was the thing that got me wondering what happened to Josephine's kids in the first place. I was like, oh, right, you were earlier in the movie. Where have you been? <laughs> the fuck happened to you? Right. I want to see a movie about that. <laughs> it might actually be a little more interesting. You know what? Honestly, granted, this is another thing that I don't know a lot about, but it literally just popped in my head. And I say I don't know a lot about it because the last time I talked about this in any capacity was literally social studies in high school. Oh, dear. It would have been really cool if there was a, even a small caveat about the Louisiana Purchase. Because that did happen during his reign as emperor. Oh, all yeah. right. And I, believe he, and I believe he directly talked to, you, to the United States during that, too. So it's like, that would have been a cool thing to get into. Would have been something to bring in, I guess, more of an American audience as well. But eh. Everybody else in this movie just blends together. <laughs> Everybody else in this movie is just the same flavor of smug, backstabbing asshole, which is probably a point. Yes. But it's not fun to watch. Although you know what's fun is that one of the best lines in the movie comes from that, because it's during the whole bait where I guess Napoleon is trying to usurp the current French Congress, 
and they're going to like people's houses being like i need you to sign this letter of um of resignation and then he and then he sends his men to like one dude's house and he's like i will not i am having my breakfast you will not take me from my breakfast and they literally drag the dude out his wife is crying and then the last soldier just quickly walks by going enjoy your breakfast, enjoy your breakfast. <laughs> and then fucks <laughs> off <laughs> i was like all right that's actually pretty funny <laughs> That's I pre- did write that line down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, alright, that's pretty good. <laughs> did you have a problem reading the opening font? Not completely, no. Okay, because I did, and I wonder if maybe that was just a my eyes suck problem. Mm, I mean, no, I, I was able to more or less, I couldn't recite it to you right now to save my life, but <laughs> mm. <laughs> I do remember being able to read it. I was like, alright, that's a good way to get things started. The fuck uh, did I write down? Da- oh, that was when he and Josephine were arguing about not being able to have kids. I wrote down, Destiny has brought me to slam shop. Honestly, when when Joaquin Phoenix said that, I did internally go, I was like, I really hope we're going somewhere farther with this analogy, because I need more. <laughs> and, and nope, they just leave it be. Yeah, like just... every other remotely interesting thing in this movie. <laughs> I don't remember why I wrote down Talleyrand is good at threats. <laughs> I think it's when he was talking to the guy from Prussia. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember what was said, though. Fuck. <laughs> Even the parts of this movie that impressed me, I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not a lot to remember in this movie. It has to be said. It's over Alexanderkin. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> was that during the whole ice battle? I assume, yeah. which is genuinely good. It's a genuinely well-shot, suspenseful, ba- interesting fight, even though if you've seen the trailer, you already know where it's going. Yeah, like, I mean, it just really shows how brutal it could be, though. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, like, when that was all going on, it's like, oh, because, again, fond of military history and all that, it's like, oh, they're doing the thing where the camp, the French camp is just, like, on the lake. And they're going to make the enemy think that they're invading a camp full of soldiers. But it's actually, oh no, there's actually, fr- oh, so these guys are just like, they are literally there to die. That is their whole pr- um, purpose. Okay, then. <laughs> like, genuinely, like, caught off guard by that. Not going to lie. I guess Napoleon's reaction to Moscow being burnt was pretty interesting. That was pretty good. Especially especially because it's like, he's like, who did this? And it's like, they did, sir. It's like, no, no, don't don't lie to me. Who fucking did this? It's like, they did, sir. <laughs> and the fact that he refuses to acknowledge that it was actually a good strategy in terms of making yeah. sure you can't get anything out of it and forcing you to chase them further and lose more people or turn back and have this whole thing be for nothing. And instead, he's just busy sulking like a little baby going, there's no fucking honor in this. Fuck. Yeah, I've been Smeckledorfed. Yeah, I've been Smeckledorfed. <laughs> Who would have thought my strategy of having more cannons and wheeling cannons and knowing where to point cannons would ever come to fail me? <laughs> it's like This is not fair. Somebody's using hacks. Somebody's got cheat codes. Unplug your router. Someone owes me art- artillery royalties. <laughs> I will say I have to kind of give a... It's interesting how much of this movie is just completely insane and bombastic and all that, and yet they give him probably one... They give probably one of the most unceremonious character deaths I've ever seen. Yeah. Because it's like, at the very end... He's, like, hearing the voices of Josephine saying, like, please come and join me. 
and then falls over dead. <laughs> and it literally falls over, falls out of his chair dead. You don't even hear a thud, a thud or anything. He just falls out of his chair, and then the movie promptly ends. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, or or it at least promptly ends before giving a death toll of like all the people that are that were killed either directly by him or indirectly by him or what have you. I thought it was just all the people who died under his command. Or I think it. I could be wrong though. I th- it might have been people who died under his command. The movie very much emphasized how during I don't remember if it was Waterloo or during the Russian invasion how he lost half a million men in just a single day. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really didn't cover that, did they? No, no, they did not. Or That's least... crazy. Yeah. It's literally the reason why he was sent to his first exile, too. And then he decided that wasn't good enough and busted out and got exiled somewhere worse. <laughs> yeah. Could have just stayed on Elba. Hmm. But no. <laughs> Which I suppose is part of the point. Yeah, pretty much. A lot of these decisions do make sense if you come to the if you come at it from the perspective of trying to highlight that Napoleon was actually kind of a pathetic asshole. But <laughs> it's also not very interesting to watch. Right. And if you're already fucking deviating for the sake of making a more interesting movie, you might as well make a more interesting movie. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna deviate, do a good job of it. Yeah. At least make it worth it. Especially if your movie's two hours and forty minutes long or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. The more Ridley Scott opens his mouth, the 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 less I the the less I like his work. Fair. This is the same guy who's like, "Oh, uh, the last duel isn't doing well in theaters because fucking millennials won't get off their cell phones or whatever." It's like, mm. I mean, you're not wrong, but your context is wrong. <laughs> maybe it's also because it released in 2021, aka the theater industry still not doing great as a result of a worldwide pandemic, and also you released kind of a fucking downer rape drama film during the downer that was the pandemic or is the pandemic yeah i mean it was september 2021 so you know but still well october for united states but like 2021 was everything was still hurting then everything was still on fire that was back when shang chi and eternals were doing 400 mil and that was considered decent yeah everything was still on fire like moscow in 1821 oh got him i'm already running out of shit to say yeah as i say i was gonna ask if you had anything else no, that's it. Just, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. There's a few interesting moments and a few entertaining moments, but you can just look those up afterward. Right. Or you can watch it on Apple TV Plus since it's an Apple original film. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just fast forward past all the boring parts, aka, like, I don't know, uh, 85% of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, it's good to be back. You know that? <laughs> you wanted me back, so I'm back. It's good to be back to not lobbing softballs at these things and going, nah, this one kind of sucked, actually. <laughs> ah, I was worried. I was genuinely worried I was losing my touch. Right. Next week, we got uh, Godzilla Minus One and Silent Night, and I think some other things are out as well, but those are the two that I'm probably seeing. I'm going to have to figure out which one of those two I'm going to see unfortunate yes in any case thanks so much for listening everybody make sure to like comment subscribe follow us on google spotify tiktok twitter i also finally start uploading things to amazon Mm -hmm. so that's neat it's also there oh hey there we go yeah (laughs) if you like this make sure to share it around i'm actually we got a few more subs we're actually up to 79 yeah so i'm feeling good yeah hell yeah hopefully we don't lose any after i had to (laughs) 
the land-based spyglass media. I say, if this is your first podcast, thank you for staying with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. In any case, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!